The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to continue our discussion about using content to improve your pipeline efficiency. Joining us is Mike Orr, who is the founder of Grapevine 6, which is a content engagement platform that accelerates sales and marketing by using artificial intelligence to provide content that moves sales opportunities through the pipeline in a more efficient manner. Yesterday, Mike told us about why he believes third-party content syndication can impact your bottom line. And today we're going to discuss practical tips for finding and posting relevant content. Okay, here is the second part of our interview with Mike Orr, the founder of Grapevine 6. Mike, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you. Great to have you back on the show. Yesterday, we covered a ton of ground talking about the difference between brands and individuals sharing content, why they should share third-party content. And today, I want to get into a little bit more of the practical tips for finding the right content, how much you should share, where you should share. Talk to me a little bit about what Grapevine 6 does and how do you find the right content for the right person? So Grapevine 6 solves that discovery problem in a big way. It is a challenge, especially for people that are heavy users of social and are highly engaged with content to discover the content that's relevant to them to publish and then to make the publishing easy as well. So what we've built at Grapevine 6 is a tool that analyzes your digital footprint. So it looks at the profile you have on social and what kind of content you've engaged with in the past and distills that down to a collection of topics. And it gives you a weighting to those topics, which is unique to visualize your footprint and see how do you represent yourself in a set of topics. So we use that to then go across all the different content that's published, over 10,000 publishers in six different languages, to find the content that was recently published that's most relevant to your brand, and then give you a simple app to schedule and add your own commentary to that to post it up to social. So for those people that don't have artificial intelligence or haven't started using Grapevine 6 yet, talk to me about the strategies that you put into matching content with the right customers. And you don't have to go into exactly how your algorithm is built, but what are some of the variables that you're looking at to find relevance for a subject matter? I think you want to start with yourself because that's the person you're going to know the best and then match that up to your territory. So where are you selling into or what is your brand audience interested in? 
and you can actually go out and analyze a target customer or a target brand or a target company, your ideal customer, trying to distill down what are they interested in and how do you connect with them. The big thing is to find overlaps in those interests because when you're talking about things that you're interested in, you're going to be a lot more authentic and genuine. And when your audience is interested in those things, they're going to engage with them. So the general approach is to try and figure that out by listening to your audience as well as taking a reflection on yourself and what are you actually talking about when you do engage with stuff? What is that content about? It's a very similar process to how I think about brand development. When I work with consulting clients, trying to help them figure out their identity and marketing foundation, the process is going and talking to the internal stakeholders and understanding how they describe their company products and services, and then going and talking to their prospects and understanding what the problems they have and where they're looking for and how they're thinking about solving a problem. When you're working with a personal brand, how do you figure out who your audience is? So that's a really challenging question. And we've seen this, we do a lot of work with financial advisors. And we had worked with some of the people that coach financial advisors and their strategy and how they manage their practices. And just like you said, you have a process for building your brand and deciding what your marketing strategy is going to be. For individuals, that's usually overwhelming. (laughs) Even for most advisors, that was way too academic and too big an exercise to undertake. So what I've come up with as an idea is the idea of an emergent brand. So start somewhere with a very small idea. And really, that idea is content. So what would you actually like to talk about? What are you reading? What are some of your key people in your audience, one or two, or whoever you think is, if I connected with more people like this, that would be great. What sort of stuff do they publish? and that you find actually interesting, follow that, right? That's your source to start posting more content. And then it is important in marketing to track, to get some feedback. So we have that built into our app, but you can use a Bitly or Google Shortener or something like that to track engagement. Even the social networks will give you quite a bit of data on what kind of engagement you're getting with the content that you're posting. And really in that way, you try a few different things, see what works. And your brand can be emergent without doing a full kind of analysis of what your target audience is and what their detailed interests are. There's a line there because you're talking about people's personal networks, understanding the content that they're sharing and what gets resonance, what is eye-catching, and then what you want to put your name next to, I think are sometimes two different things. And I'll give you an example. We've been testing advertising for the MarTech podcast on native networks. I know that putting scantily clad, busty women pictures in native networks is going to get more clicks. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's something that I want to put in front of my brand or tie my name to. How do you find the line of what is an appropriate match to put your name next to? You know, what has a brand message when you're sharing content and just make sure that you feel like it's relevant and a good representation of who you are professionally? That's exactly the goal you're striving for. And it is an intuitive kind of feeling. It reminds me very much of, I did some media training way back. And I think the line that they said was, don't say anything you don't want your grandmother to read as a headline in the newspaper the next day. So I think those sort of intuitive, same reason you're not going to advertise the MarTech podcast with those images, because you just wouldn't. It has to be authentic and true. And that's the value of social media is that it's not the brand that's necessarily talking where who knows who's running the Bud Light commercial. It's been, it's these people that have to stand behind this. So they are going to draw the line at something that they don't want their mother or grandmother or granddaughter to see as representing them. So that's why people are so much more willing to engage with it and listen to it because 
it's coming directly from people that stand behind the stuff. Talk to me about the right cadence for sharing content kind of goes back into like the strategy for email marketing for brands. You know, I think the rule of thumb is to send seven to eight emails over 40 days when you're doing your prospecting. When you're sending a personal email, you want to send three emails, four max to try to get in touch with somebody. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know. Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. When you're posting social content, how do you not dominate people's feed, but keep your impression levels high to the point where it has a business impact? It would be, again, sort of reflective of your own social experience, and it should be authentic to you. So if you're really outgoing and gregarious. And I know some people in PR that post quite frequently and that's just them because they're always out there and they're always talking, always engaging with people. And usually they're pretty interesting and engaging with the content they're producing. If you're a bit more reserved, you're going to post less frequently and that's fine because that reflects your thoughtful brand and you maybe put a bit more work into each of those posts, which I think makes a big difference as well. So you want it to reflect your point of view and your brand. And the more that you can actually add your own commentary to the content you're posting, even if it's third-party content, if you provide your point of view, that's going to lift the engagement. We usually see like 30 to 50% lift on the engagement of that content when you've added your own commentary to it. So it's really a function of how much work and investment do you want to put into it. Ideally, you're writing all your own content, but that just ends up being so much work, people can't keep up with it. Right. There's a happy medium. And the question is more tactically, if I'm trying to build a personal brand and I'm trying at the same time to impact the growth of my business by sharing content, my posting about my personal content three times a week and third-party content twice a week? Do I want 10 posts? How do I think about that across channels? Are there any rules of thumb or ranges that you've seen be successful in terms of post volume? And how is it different between channels? It is different by channel. Definitely going to see more chatty activity in Twitter, mainly because Twitter is so concentrated on a few publishers and a lot of readers. 
it's almost a reading platform now. I actually heard that from Twitter. LinkedIn is going to be more measured, I think. So if you're posting once a day on LinkedIn, that's probably plenty. And that's more to build those personal relationships. I would say you can post more frequently on Twitter for sure. And that's where you see more recycling of content. And Facebook has changed in the way that you engage with content there. So it's not posting it to your personal profile anymore. It's actually you have to have a personal page, which is a little bit different. So that can support, I think, a more frequent posting. But I still would treat it as a personal network. Again, my personal network, I would only touch them once a day, probably at the most. And then professional, like my branded page, that could be more frequent if you want it to be, especially if you continue to get engagement on those posts. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, looking at the data and understanding where you're getting engagement and where there is sort of a point of diminishing returns in terms of the number of posts is the easiest way to handle it. I agree with you. What I've heard is that tweeting three times a day is a best practice. That's a lot of work, but you can recycle your content and you can repost tweets, mostly if you're working in a content business. And then LinkedIn, once a day, max twice a day, it seems to be the right cadence. We've actually seen too that content on those like a LinkedIn platform is going to have a longer shelf life. So it doesn't have the immediacy of a Twitter where it can drop off pretty quickly within that day. Nobody's seen that engaging with that tweet. Sometimes you'll see content posted to your LinkedIn network that doesn't even get start getting engaged till a day later and then engagement lasts for the whole week. So as people engage with it, it sort of renews the life of that content. So you don't have to keep posting to have original content out there that content will have a longer shelf life on the network. I am just going through the process of trying to scale my social content syndication. And a lot of that is we're launching interviews frequently enough, you know, three to five times a week that I want to announce them on LinkedIn. But it's hard to figure out what to write the day that you're publishing something. So we're trying to write that content and schedule it in advance. And what we do is we evaluate the number of likes and comments and impressions a LinkedIn post gets a week later. And that's about the duration that we're seeing is, you know, you pretty much have flatlined in terms of the visibility of a post, unless it's a really exceptional post after seven days. Yeah, that makes sense. Last question for you, I guess, you know, I talked a little bit about how I'm evaluating posting content on LinkedIn. How do you recommend people that are trying to build a personal brand and leverage that brand to drive business growth, evaluate whether their social posts are effective? Well, certainly metrics are a good tool for evaluating anything. And I've seen both sorts of types of feedback where LinkedIn will provide you with a summary of the views and who's viewing by role or by company the engagement you get, people like your content. I always recommend using a shortener. If you're not using Grapevine 6, use some kind of shortener to track the click-through on the content because that's the ultimate measure of whether you're finding stuff that's valuable to your network. And then are you growing your network? Like I think that's a good measure too of how you're performing in social. Are you engaging with other people's content and coming back to social? And then I've heard anecdotally as well that people will actually connect with people in real life and find out, hey, they'll hear stories from their audience of, I really enjoyed all your posts. How do you find all this stuff? Where I always look like uh, you always find the best stuff and the most intelligent content. So don't forget to engage directly with those people you're trying to build relationship with and build real relationship. And you'll probably hear some either stop posting my stuff or I love it when you post this stuff. It's so intelligent. It adds so much to my experience. There's an intuition component of building a personal brand, right? Feeling like what is a good representation of 
your professional persona and you can use data to understand if your audience is resonating with the content you're sharing. You know, at the end of the day, if you're seeing more comments, more visibility, more people liking your post, probably want to share more of that style of content and you'll get a sense over time of what's really been working. There's also, you know, one of the different methodologies that we've used here at the MarTech podcast is you constantly have to test and iterate. I'll use LinkedIn as an example. We've posted with pictures, we've posted without. We've posted with videos, we've posted without. And we're able to look at the data and in aggregate understand what's the right format, what's the right amount of copy, should we be using third-party content or not. So lots of ways for you to get a signal, but at the end of the day, there's also an instinctual fit that you have to figure out what's right for yourself. Mike, last question for you. In terms of using Grapevine 6, tell us about your model. You know, What do people have to do to get started if they're interested in testing the tool? Sure. As I mentioned, when we started the company, we designed it for entrepreneurs, for people that needed to build their brand because they were changing careers, looking for a job. So we still maintain a free version of the application where you can access content, schedule it, post it to your networks. We also have an enterprise version, which allows the marketing group to inject their own content and lift the brand impressions and the, add other dimensions of analytics to those personal brands. But we do make the free version widely available for everybody to start, try it out. And if you're working with a bigger company that's interested in distributing it across the Salesforce, then uh, feel free to give us a call or drop us an email. I've played with Grapevine 6. It is absolutely a great source for finding content that is relevant to your personal brand something that we're going to continue to work on here at the MarTech Podcast. So if you see me posting about blog posts that are unrelated to our content, it's likely going to be coming from Grapevine 6. Mike, I appreciate you taking the time to come on to the show and tell us a little bit about how to build and leverage your personal brands. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Mike Orr, the founder of Grapevine 6, for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Mike, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send him a tweet at MikeOr8, M-I-K-E-O-R-R, the number eight, or you can visit his company's website, which is Grapevine6, G-R-A-P-E-V-I-N-E, the number six, dot com. A couple of links that I want to tell you about, which are in our show notes. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, don't worry about it. We've got you covered. Just head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thanks for being a member of our community. We always want to hear from you. So we created benjshap.com slash question, where you can send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. And of course, you can always reach out on social media. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. If you'd prefer to have our content delivered to your inbox, we also have a once a week newsletter with links to our audio players, episodes, summaries, and the contact information for our guests. To subscribe, go to benjshap.com slash newsletter. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production.
Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.